Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, as always. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, tell other people about it, I'm incredibly grateful. And... We'll try to use your time wisely. For those of y'all that have joined over on Patreon and are financially supporting the podcast, getting the two additional podcasts each week, thank you very much. I am grateful for that and I appreciate it. Not a whole lot to report don't feel like I've had much of a chance to go out and do anything in the garden or on the place anywhere else. So, yeah, I can't think of anything spectacular. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the time to record this podcast, for the people that listen to it and share it. Thank you for all the many blessings that you have bestowed upon our nation and our resources that you have given us, the safety and the position that you have given us in the world. Thank you for those who came before us, those who have paid a very steep price for us to be able to enjoy this land. Forgive us for squandering it. Forgive us our cowardice our unbelief, our rejection of you. Forgive us our many sins, Lord, please. And forgive them based on the merits of your son, Jesus Christ. Guide us each day in all that we do. Help us to do your will. Help us to help those that have less than we do. Help us to help our country turn back to you. Guide our leaders, draw them close to you, give them wisdom and courage and a strong faith in us as well. And help us, please, Lord, help us to get our priorities in order. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we ask and pray these things. Amen. So, one of the ways that, I mean, really the only way that we have to look back at our founders is their writings, what they left us. You know, you can talk about the way they voted. That's true as well. And one of the ways we can find out about our past leaders, founding generation is to look at their personal writings. And so today we're going to take a look at some of the last will and testaments, because the idea today that's sold is that this was a bunch of people that got together They wanted a secular nation, and Christianity was really a very minor part in anything. And if it was, if it did play a part, it was almost assuredly a negative part. That's the narrative that you get today in culture. That's the narrative that you get from the left, the whole systemic racism, sexism, oppression. That is the narrative that sadly today, and for a while, either implicitly or explicitly 
a large percentage of our nation's children have been getting through education. And it's total fabrication. It's a total lie in the sense that were there times when our country has done bad things? Absolutely. There are times where we have failed? Absolutely. But that's it. That's just it. it. There were times when we failed. It wasn't like we were saying, hey, this is what we, this is the goal. This is, this is good and noble. And this is lines up with our founding principles laid out in our declaration. It's when we went against those. And, and that's really what makes like the oh, 16, whatever project nonsense and all the systemic racism and et cetera, et cetera. That's what makes all this so damaging and so really deceitful. The revisionist history is they take just a little bit of the truth and twist it, right? And so at any rate, going full circle, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of these last will and testaments of our founders and other great leaders that we've had. So we're going to start with Richard Stockton. Uh, he was a signer of the Declaration, member of the Con Continental Congress in 1776, Associate Justice of the New Jersey Supreme Court, uh, as well as a member of the Executive Council of New Jersey. A uh, little bit of his pedigree afterwards. His son was a U.S. Senator, U.S. Congressman. Another son served with prominence as a Naval Officer in the War of 1812. Uh, actually helped slaves to found the country of Liberia, West Africa in 1821 and conquered California. Uh, so just a number of things. Uh, Stockton, California is named after his son, Robert, that served as a U.S. Senator. And so this is his will. As my children will have frequent occasion of pursuing this instrument and may probably be peculiarly impressed with the last words of their father. I think it proper here not only to subscribe to the entire belief of the great leading doctrine of the Christian religion, but also in the heart of a father's affection to charge and exhort them to remember, quote, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, end quote. So this is a direct quote out of Proverbs in the Bible. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and there's variation, other uh, similar comments throughout the Bible. But, so the whole point that you see here with Stockton is that he's encouraging his children, hey, this is my faith, this is what I believe, this is where my strength is, this is so important that these are the last words that I'm going to leave you. These are the words I want you to go over again and again. And I'm telling you in these last words that not only is this my belief, but I encourage and exhort, right? I, I want you desperately to go through and read these words, study the scripture, turn to God, look to the Lord, right? And so, you know, just another example here of the faith of our founders, the deep faith that our founders had. So we're going to go to Daniel Webster next, who we've talked about quite often, and we're going to read a few things from him. This is from October the 10th, 1852. And just as a side note here, because I need to make sure that I do it, 
Uh, we're pulling a lot of this out of America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations. Phenomenal resource along with Patriot's Bible, Founder's Bible. I recommend a copy for each family. You can find them a lot of places. Definitely should be the primary textbooks in every single classroom across America that is publicly funded education. Uh, because the goal of public education, when you're taking money from American citizens to fund education, has to be the strengthening of that nation. And it is impossible to do that without God and Jesus Christ at the center, as our founders noted. If you're not going to have God and Jesus Christ at the center of education, then Congress, president, leaders have no right to take money from American citizens because anything less than that is going to undermine. So school choice, right, that you hear so much about today, and I talk about this frequently, school choice is probably the best option that we have today, but it is still not the right option. It's still not the correct option in and of itself. Because if you're going to take money from American taxpayers, it has to strengthen the union, has to strengthen the country. And the only way to do that, as Benjamin Rush, Fisher Ames, uh, as Thomas Jefferson did in his by his own actions when he was in charge of school, that has to be, they have to be the central textbooks there, primary textbooks. That's where you got to turn. Otherwise, then you scratch out education and you just let the states uh, which may be the answer anyway in and of themselves. But even there, even there, the federal government supersedes that. You cannot take taxpayer money from individuals and undermine the very principles of the nation. Can't do it. All right, so two weeks before he died, Mr. Webster dictated what he desired to be engraved as an epitaph on his tomb. Lord, I believe... Thou my unbelief, philosophical argument, especially that drawn from the vastness of the universe in comparison with the apparent insignificance of this globe, has sometimes shaken my reason for the faith which is in me. But my heart has always assured and reassured me that the gospel of Jesus Christ must be a divine reality. The Sermon on the Mount cannot be a merely human production. This belief enters into the very depths of my conscience. The whole history of man proves it. Daniel Webster. Folks, I mean, there's a ton there. Uh, obviously, I can already tell you we're going to do a couple, two or three podcasts on this because it's, it's going to take a while to work through. But uh, forgive me my unbelief or help me overcome it, right? Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. That's one of the prayers uh, that has really, the, the verses that has really resonated throughout my entire life, as a, my adult life, I should say. It's uh, deeply, deeply important in my personal life. Obviously, it was in Daniel Webster, who was one of our early leading statesmen. Uh, I mean, just phenomenal character as far as developing the country. The, the story goes back to a man seeking Jesus' help for his child, and he, he pleads with Jesus, I do believe, you know, but I have these doubts, but please, Lord, help me overcome these doubts. Uh, it's a prayer that I, I pray personally desperately. Uh, 
desperately, at least in the sense of frequently, to the point of almost daily. Uh, and then his his comment here is just, I think, so true for so many people. We we look around at this universe, uh, and we compare it with this little tiny globe, and we go, man, that just uh, we this we can't be everything here. And and maybe that's true. We have no idea. Although, when you really look at how precise this little bitty globe had to be lined up in order to work. Uh, you know, universe is a huge place, but even as huge as it is to the point that we don't even know how huge it is really, uh, the chance that earth exists is still phenomenally small. And, but he's saying, you know, the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus Christ, it can't be just merely human. And the whole history of man proves it. It's got to be divine. And folks, when we look back and you see this in, in, in commentaries by so many, we talked about this with Washington within the last month, about the fact that there were so many times when Washington should have died. And the comments by Ezra Stiles, right, president of Yale, I believe, when he talked about event after event that should have shipwrecked the United States before she was even a country. You go back to uh, Benjamin Franklin's comments on prayer that really pulled the Constitutional Convention back together. You talk about more modern examples like we do so often about Midway in the Pacific. And there's so many times you talk about Lincoln's comments of going to his knees in prayer when Lee was there with 76 some odd thousand troops knocking on the door of Washington, D.C. and everything looked lost. Again and again and again, there has been a hard to describe other than using the word supernatural force that has sustained the United States. And Daniel Webster in this last will and testament, it's so true. History shows us it's not because we're the strongest or the fastest or the brightest folks or the prettiest, or whatever else. It's because of our faith, our relationship with God. That is what has made the United States great. That is what has made us exceptional. That is what can make us exceptional again. It may not. We've probably got a fight coming. It's hard to say what's going to turn out on the other side. But it's easy to see what's going to turn out on the other side if we don't turn back to God. We've got proof of that. Again, history shows that. Socialism, communism, what it's done in the last century. It will destroy. It'll slaughter millions. It does that every time. We're already doing that with abortion. We are already on level with the evils of Hitler, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot, Castro, Chavez, all of them. We're already there. We're already there. After he executed his will, Daniel Webster remarked, I thank God for the strength to perform a sensible act. And now unto God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be praised forevermore. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. That is happiness, the essence, goodwill toward men. On October the 24th, 1852, only a few hours before his death, Webster said slowly, the great mystery is Jesus Christ, the gospel. 
What would the condition of any of us be if we had not the hope of immorality, immor- <laughs> immortality? Thank God the gospel of Jesus Christ brought life and immortality to light, rescued it, brought it to light. Having begun to recite the Lord's Prayer, he said, Hold me up, I do not wish to pray with a fainting voice. In the eulogy for Daniel Webster given in the United States Senate, Senator Lewis Cass stated, And beyond all this he died in the faith of the Christian, humble but hopeful, adding another to the long list of eminent men who have searched the gospel of Jesus Christ and have found it to be the word and the will of God. Our pastor recently talked about standing on the shoulders of those who have come before us. We have a great cloud of witnesses. We have a number of people who have come before us, men and women. Maybe not in your individual life and your family, but in the life of our country. And if we did a better job here, folks, that's a huge point. The life of our family, as an American family, and this is one of the things that makes the left so despicable in their actions, is whether they acknowledge it or not, openly, or even in their hearts, their actions serve to divide our country again and again and again. And one of the clearest ways you see that is their insistence on hyphenating American. I am a African American. I am a Latino American. I am a German, Asian, Australian American. I'm a Mexican American. I'm a gay American. I'm a straight American. I'm a whatever you want to put, folks. Every time we add that hyphen, we divide ourselves. We divide our family. And that's the purpose. That is the goal of people who choose to do that, is to divide. And, and okay, so let me back up here. Maybe I shouldn't say goal, but likely, but maybe not. But regardless, that is the action. That is what happens every time. Whether it's the goal or not really is irrelevant. That's what they're doing. We should be a family of Americans together. We should have a core set of values that hold us together, even when we have differences and arguments politically. And that core set of values has to come from the principles of Christ. Does that mean that you have to be a Christian in order to be an American? Absolutely not. Freedom of religion, our our founders understood that very well, but they also understood if we didn't have a people, a moral and religious people, who followed the principles of Jesus Christ, that our country would fail, our republic would fail, and it is, and we are. And we've got to get back to those core principles. And listening to these last words, last wills, last comments of some of our great leaders gives you an idea of where that faith used to be, what our country used to be in essence. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. 
We'll talk to you all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.